0: What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. It is a massive week for us talking sports. A lot has happened. Of course, we have Super Bowl results where the Patriots earned their sixth Super Bowl championship after defeating the Rams in what many are calling one of the more boring Super Bowls in recent history. Me and Kendall will recap that game. Also, the NBA trade deadline. Had plenty of uh, fireworks, plenty of storylines regarding what did happen, what didn't happen uh, in this in this uh, trade deadline. Some big moves happened, but of course, the biggest fish, Anthony Davis, did not get moved. We'll talk about those ramifications for this summer. And today, we will finish the show with who's flames, who's trash uh, for this week in sports. But joining me before all that is my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, I told you I was going to tell you what happened. To me today because man I needed this podcast I need this podcast not because I've had to wait you know in the eight nine days to talk about Porzingis you know seven days to talk about uh, uh, a lot of stuff that happened last week five four or five days why I needed this podcast because I had the craziest worst travel day <laughs> I've had in a long time. Kendall I, 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 I on my way to work this morning instead of going downtown I went uptown so I ended up going getting on the wrong train. Got to work late, so that's a great start to the day. On my way home, uh, not only was my bus delayed, and not only did I get on a longer, older bus, or rather a a bus that was uh, uh, after the bus I normally get on, because I couldn't even get on the bus that was delayed that I normally get on. But when I got off the bus, Kendall, I left my bag on inside the bus and had to then go to the next bus stop, drive over there to pick up my bag that I left on there before going back home to do this podcast. So, Kendall, if I sound a little tired, I sound a little stressed, it's been a stressful travel day.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, it's, it's, a, it's a stressful time for for Celtics fans. Uh, today was a stressful day for a lot of NBA fans in general.
0: It's, Trade been, a deadline Thursday. it's been a stressful week for NBA fans. Yeah, yeah, you can make that case. Like the NBA trade deadline, normally is the day or two before, where teams are kind of sweating and, and fan bases are sweating on what's going to happen. As soon as the Porzingis thing went down, I think everyone was kind of on notice as to what could happen to their franchises. Uh, though people should also caution themselves that other franchises aren't the aren't the Knicks. So you, other franchise fan bases, shouldn't need to feel maybe the kind of PTSD that Knicks fans. Uh, feel on a regular basis and we're reminded of last week but this is this this I think was uh especially a, a more volatile trade deadline than I could remember especially early on yeah yeah I mean there were I forgot how many trades it was like 15 or something like that but
1: 14 but there were uh ton of trades this year uh trying a to, ton of speculation um we didn't have I don't Think any star players on the trade block last trade deadline. Uh, so having someone like Anthony Davis on the block this uh, this year was a uh, was a different feeling. Um, and I think that uh, even though nothing happened on the Davis front, uh, a lot of nothing happened from a transaction standpoint. A lot may have materialized because of the the uh, moves he him and his agent rich Paul made last week that we talked about
0: yeah and the Pelican decision not to move him also ended up making waves as well so yeah uh the Davis non-trades is as big a story as anything that happened this week and considering that all stuff happened around the same time Porzingis happened it just was a complete avalanche of NBA drama which is the best, best soap opera we have not only in sports, but maybe so period. And we, we saw that in full flesh this last week. But before we get to all that NBA stuff, let's start with the Super Bowl. The Patriots defeated the Rams in uh, what I believe is the lowest scoring Super Bowl, if I remember correctly. 13-3. Um, yes. to three. Uh, This is a bizarre game, Kendall. I guess it speaks to what I do want to say about this game. This was the NFL's worst nightmare, this game. You had the status quo remain, the Patriots being the dominant force, but not in a spectacular fashion. You had young stars flop on, the, on the, in, under the bright lights in Goff and McVeigh. You mm-hmm. had Ann Gurley, um, who may have been injured as part of that issue with him. Um, you had a Super Bowl halftime that many people were not happy with. You had terribly low ratings. This was... And it's crazy because, Kendall, the week before you asked me... what a week, two weeks before you asked me, what Super Bowl would you want to have? I said, without question, it was Rams-Patriots. And I don't know if the NFL could have asked for uh, a worse result based on everything that happened. Which leads me to the question, Kendall. For me, Kendall... Or not a question, a statement. For me, Kendall, uh, this is the first time, really, that I am... If I was the NFL and me as an NFL fan, I'm concerned about where the future lies for the NFL. Because to me, in a year where the Patriots proved to be very mortal, there is something a little worrisome that a team that looks so mortal all year. um, When it came to crunch time, playoff time, none of these other teams were good enough to knock off this Patriots team of all teams. And I mentioned hyper parity being an issue. I think it's still an issue. I think it reared his ugly head a little bit in these playoffs and in this Super Bowl. But between all that stuff and then you count in the stuff that happened with the Saints and people feeling like the Saints should have been there to begin with, this was a disaster. This could not have gone any worse for the NFL.
1: Yeah. Um, it's It certainly was not a, uh, a, a great game in terms of... Uh, the direction of the nfl what the way in which they would they would have liked this game to have gone um obviously you want scoring um what helps is that the game was in the balance for all four quarters uh i mean it didn't help
0: it, it, in my eyes that was the most boring seen. in the balance game can the, i may have ever seen <laughs> i mean we you say we say that but like it didn't matter. I'm watching this game to the point where you just saw I me. Mean, I, we were in the house together. I'm cooking. I'm doing all this stuff. It was like, it didn't matter at a certain point. It was like, right. none of these things are playing well. There's something to Kendall bad. There's something to comp- highly competitive action and the feeling that neither team is executing correctly. Like, if there, if it felt like the, 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 the Patriots and the Rams for. Four quarters of that game were executing as best as they could, and there were great plays being made on both sides to negate that execution. I think it would look different. That looked like two sloppy teams that didn't, that weren't that well prepared for the game, but the team that had more experience and a little more were a little more better prepared were, we're, a, little, were, a, play, little, yeah. were a little better, and they made a little bit more plays. But I just, I, I, am not a guy and can you know, Trey Wingo went on what, to me, was a fake ESPN rant. He had a fake yeah. rant. Of, I mean, it was it was scripted. And it's right. bad because he, like, look, let me call out, let me say from the record, Trey Wingo is a legend, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. he's one of the best people we have in this industry. But, one, it looks really bad when you're doing a radio show and you're on television so we can see you smiling in between your screaming, incoherent rant. So that, so in terms of lacking in authenticity, is very obvious in that standpoint. It's also, I don't know how you felt about that, Kendall, but when you have a guy who, again, I want to say again, Trey, in my opinion, is a legend in this industry. But when you have a guy who, without question, has financially benefited from the popularity of the NFL, going on a fake rant about fans... Being upset that the game was boring, telling them to just stop saying the game was boring. I'm gonna feel away about that. Do I need to? Do I need to connect any more dots? Are you feeling what I'm feeling when it comes to this?
1: Right. So you're saying that uh you feel like Wingo um, is trying to is trying to push the narrative that the game wasn't boring because he needs people to be interested. Because he, he makes money off of people more, being interested in... More or
0: less. I don't know if it's that... Uh, Not diabolical. Di- yeah, that diabolical gets me away. I don't know if it's that, like, diabolical. But for a guy who clearly has benefited from the interest of the game in the NFL, for the most part, being massive, to go on a fake... And obviously was a fake rant about a game that anyone who likes football could admit was boring is was just it just said a lot to me. And I'm like to me, for a guy who's a a broadcasting hall of famer to me, not one of his best moments, to say the least. But that I mean Kendall, I don't know. how do I am I in this is this doom and gloom feel? I know I'm a Jeff fan, living in a Patriots world, and perhaps I'm sure Patriot fans will feel like that's skewing the narrative. A lot of Patriot fans complain that saying that people feeling this game was boring is them hating on the Patriots Am I wrong on that? I mean, Kendall, I don't know I feel I, I came away from that game feeling sick and I could be spoiled because we've had some great Super Bowls, but to see a game where there was no exceptional play, I I I think only two guys played exceptionally in that game on Sunday. Edelman and Matthew Slater. I can't, yeah. po- I can't point to you any other player on any one of those other teams. Maybe Van, maybe Van Noy. And Gilmore had the great pick, and Gilmore was great. Those four or five guys, ironically, they were all on the Patriots. I can't point to anyone on the Rams who had a solo, unbelievable, great effort at any point in that game. And the amount of players that played well, again, I named them on one hand. Like, that, it left a bad taste in my in my mouth. And that's not how I should feel for what's supposed to be the greatest sports spectacle we have in America.
1: I mean... I think what people have to understand is like if you watch football like we do, and there are a lot of people that don't watch football every I mean, the Super Bowl, as like many eyeballs that it gets, majority of the people that watch the Super Bowl aren't sports fans. Um or like hardcore football fans. But you can be you you can if you if you are a hardcore a hardcore football fan or somebody that watches Football week in and week out throughout the regular season and into the playoffs and through the postseason, you know that there are bad football games that happen. You know, not every game is going to be uh, 28 to 24, you know, nail biter. Not every game is going to be a 35 to 31 shootout. Um, when you get to the playoffs, these teams are all very tight. Um, they're all very uh, good teams. Obviously, when you get to Super Bowl, you're going to have great teams um I I admit I don't think either one of these teams was great you know I don't think any one of these teams was like spectacular um, these teams would have lost to better teams like in previous years uh, they didn't play good games uh, I don't know if this is a, a question about the quality of talent in the in the league right now I don't know if the quality is dipped I don't think that's the case I think these teams just played... Because I saw these teams play good, play great games all season and and in the postseason. They played a very solid game. I mean, that Rams team did not look like the same team that beat Minnesota on Thursday night in L.A. Because that team put 35 on a very good Vikings defense. It this team... It looked easy. Yeah, it made it look easy. Golf was just shredding them. They put 50 on... KC and Monday night, I mean. this Yeah, exactly. And mind you, was that game boring? No, no. That was one of the, we people were saying that was one of the best regular season games of all time. So, I mean, are, am I going to sit here and say, like, you know, I mean, people are complaining. I, I agree that it was not the best, it was not the, the most well-played game, but I, I Look, I, I'm not – it's the way that – the way the, the, the system is, you know, it's one and, it's one and done. Um, we see it – like, the NBA doesn't have this problem because it's a seven-game series. If anything, like, sweeps or, like, well, that yeah. a boring series. Right. No, was, I, I don't probably prefer the one-bat game to the four blowouts that we see in the finals every year, it seems like, with the Warriors. But um, seeing college basketball all the time you know, remember the Yukon uh Butler. the Yukon Butler game yeah, that, that was a, that was a trash national championship. It was close, kinda close, but you know, it was an awfully played game. Um so it happened. You know, I but college basketball has recovered since then. We've had excellent games like North Carolina, Villanova, Gonzaga, North Carolina. We've had excellent national championship games. Um but college football has dealt with the same thing it happens but I, i'm not gonna panic if i'm the nfl uh i'm not gonna panic um because also i realize that there are some there are there are some I mean, anybody that watched or followed the league this weekend knows that i mean the mvp of the league is in the second year yeah. you know it, there are there are a lot of there are a lot of great young players Coming into the league, if you watch college football, you know there are a lot of great young players that will be in the league very soon, so I'm not.
0: I guess my concern, Kendall, is just that, again, I've talked about the hyper-parity being an issue for this league, and um, a year where the Patriots were so mortal that this was the best team that had a shot at beating them, and they mustered three points, that— that's that's a discouraging sign to me and hey, look it could just be they're young not ready for the moment and that's and that's fine but um the NFL I don't think they can afford these things anymore you can't afford uh them a team like the rams not showing up in those moments because as we've seen uh the fatigue from those protests probably worked in terms of hurting those ratings the people boycotting because they don't like the treatment of Kaepernick probably worked with those ratings and what i've been saying for years i think the declining quality of football that we've seen for the last four or five years i would say i think attributes to those ratings i think it was and then seeing that game played the way how it's played it seemed like the perfect match it was a perfect storm now because it's a perfect storm doesn't mean that that's obviously going to be how it's always going to be um i don't want to say that but it's just it just was very ominous to me that all of those things that have been mustering up for this league as concerns showed up in the Super Bowl like that like you think that a lot of those things should be washed away some of those issues we've had with the league it should be washed away when the Super Bowl comes around the only thing that didn't happen that would have made it worse was that if some guy had a concussion some guy would have got knocked out or something like that. It's the only thing in terms of the issues the league has had around this playoffs. This league as a whole, how it how it where it stands in society, every other issue it's had, reared his ugly head in that game. And that's something that was concerning to me. Real quickly, Kendall, six Super Bowls for Belichick, six Super Bowls for Brady. Are they the GOATs in their respective positions as quarterback and head coach? Uh
1: yeah. I mean we'll have this conversation probably next year as well. You know, the year after that. Sadly. But um yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I think almost the better question is, are they the GOATs outside of their sport at their respective athlete and coach positions?
0: A lot of people are asking that question. I don't know. I, I mean, part of me doesn't really care. <laughs> like, I don't I, I think
1: it's hard. It's it, what I, One thing I'll say is it's hard to the whole athlete thing with a quarterback. It's almost impossible to I, – I can't compare – Athletes, this sport to sport, I think coaches is more comparable. But what are you gonna say? I agree.
0: I do agree. Coaches is more comparable. I don't know. I just I, it's just rare that I really ever care about comparing Jordan to Muhammad Ali. Like I, I don't know. Like I just never. It's right. just how do you, how do you make that kind of comparison? Like I, 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 I get the argument. I'm not saying that it's not something to be had. But I don't know if it's a conversation I particularly am interested in. I would probably say no to, to answer that question. I would – well, at least to Brady. I, I still think he's, he's tied with Jordan. Jordan never lost in the finals. I know you get to the conversations that LeBron fans have with LeBron Jordan. It's like, well, he got to the finals all these times. Like That's what I always say. Like, I don't think like so. like that's Like Jordan out- losing in the playoff. I, but it's something about being there and never losing. There's something about getting to the mountaintop when the chips are at their – most uh at, at their highest the pressures at is at its highest and not and, and and coming through every time there's there's something about that the pressure in the conference finals but the kind the prep the, 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 the pressure of being in the conference finals the semifinals or the first round is entirely different than being in the final just like the pressure of being in the super Bowl is a lot different than being in the, the, the divisional round, the wild card round, the, our, our championship Sunday. It's just different. So I think I have to, while I respect Brady getting to that mountaintop, those games just aren't, they don't mean as much. They're, they're great I wins. But it is one and done in the NFL.
1: That's the difference between that and the LeBron conversation.
0: That's fair. But like LeBron is
1: like, yeah, I mean, you know, you can win, if you got a better team, you're probably going to win those four games. But. I mean the pressure of having to win, you gotta win one game. Now you could also make the case to get there you only have to win two games. Right. You know, in exactly. many cases. <laughs> For them. You might be two home games and now it's like you win the Super Bowl and it's like eh. as opposed to having to win sixteen or four you know, twelve, or whatever you have to do to get to the final. Um but yeah, I mean I I, I never I, I, I would always say like just mathematically, if you get if if it's not like Jordan didn't lose in the playoffs, you know what I mean, yeah, so like that would be that would be my one thing. It's like I mean you know he got to a point the most impressive thing about Jordan is that when he got to a point where he was getting where he where he was winning championships, he never stopped making it besides the one year where they lost to Orlando, so credit to him
0: yeah it's 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's hard for me to compare these guys. I do think coaches makes more sense. Um, Belichick is certainly in that class. I think the cheating thing does matter. I'm not sure how much. I, I, to me, when I think of the greatest coach of all time, I still go back to Auerbach and John Wooden. Uh, but that's me. I don't know. I, I, sports I, is harder sports now. Sports is in hard. In coaching. Yeah, because times are different um phil jackson certainly is also in that class i think those are probably be my top three guys and i don't mean it just to be all basketball but I i'll i would say those i will have those three guys ahead of belichick but belichick's in that the He's right there. The conversation yeah where's who the coming to the conversation yeah yeah no that's true he i mean he should definitely be in that conversation coaching definitely more interesting because i think there's a lot more similarities to coaching regardless of what sport there is than. You're right there is like baseball manager, playing the only people baseball, that I don't really football. Uh, consider. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't consider them either.
1: It's, so it's hard. I
0: mean, in their own
1: right, you can compare them. I just don't know if I, if I'm gonna say that you know Joe Tory is a better coach than, Bill Belichick. That, you know, I feel like he doesn't do as much. But that's Light- just me. Maybe I'm not being fair to baseball
0: managers. Lightning question, just one word: which team? is most likely to knock off the Patriots to win Super Bowl next year, in your opinion. Would that be an AFC team in the conference final or in the playoffs or an NFC team in the Super Bowl? We're talking just to to knock them off, not to win the Super Bowl. Or uh, both? <laughs> kind of both, I guess.
1: Because I'm like, I mean, in theory,
0: yeah, I see what you're uh, I do not.
1: Tough. it's so early uh, I know there's so many moves to be made I mean I, I my early I mean I'm assuming that New England is the, the favorites I, I'm not gonna bet against them the AFC East is still kind of weak uh, though that's that's subject to change um, I think the Rams could also be get back uh, the Saints will also be tough I mean I think honestly we'll see a lot of the same teams we saw this year at the top you know, I'm hoping Minnesota can get back. I'm hoping, uh, or I'm not hoping, but I expect Green Bay will have something to say as well. Which is not. That was mm. not one word, by the way.
0: But. I know. That was definitely not one word. Uh, i must still say it's Casey. I think KC fixed their offensive line, and uh, I I still, I mean, I think they should have beat them this year. They played a terrible first half, and then couldn't dig out of that hole. Um and if D four doesn't jump offside there in the Super Bowl, I mean, something just uh, they couldn't catch a break with. But uh, let's let's just focus now. Shout out to the Patriots! Congratulations on another Super Bowl. What they've done is remarkable. They're one of the most this is the most most dominant runs. This is the most dominant run I've ever seen. You know, in terms of longevity, to be to have the same nucleus of Kraft, Belichick, Brady. For that nucleus to produce six titles over like a 20 year span almost is just uh, incredible. And I said, and a league that is built to be built on hyper parity, I think the fact that those two guys, in particular Brady Belcher, being so much better at their position than everyone else, has negated the parity on their side to where it doesn't matter who the characters are. You can have Julian Ellman uh, out there catching 14 uh, passes, winning Super Bowl MVP. He wasn't even in. The, he was hurt last year. He wasn't even in the Super Bowl last year, uh, but they got there without him. Like it, they they're able to just figure it out with whoever they have. It's because of how great those two guys are, and they have a great owner. And this is um, this is why this run has been so remarkable. But Kendall, let's uh, let's, let's talk some hoops now, Kendall. Let's talk about the NBA trade deadline, and we really got to start with the move that was not made, uh, and that involves Pelicans forward Anthony Davis, who last week, um, verbally. Said that he would not, wanted to be traded by Rich Paul and all the, the, the backwards channels. All the words was that his preference was to the Lakers. Well, the talks between the Lakers and the Pelicans stalled. Basically, with Dell Dems just not picking up the phone, it <laughs> sounds like. Um, he picked up the phone twice, it sounds like, for Magic Johnson. Magic gave him a clown offer that didn't include Brandon Ingram the first time. And then he just didn't respond. And second time he, cl- he included almost everyone. Uh, it, it had Ball, Ingram, Rondo, Stevenson, and two first round picks. And Double Davis still really had zero uh, significant conversations regarding that offer, so Davis was not moved. And this all came meanwhile while Boston, who by all by most accounts Davis has little interest in signing to long term, uh, was pressuring. Demp's to hold off on doing a deal this trade deadline because they will have all the chips on their table come this summer to make a trade because of uh certain cba rules not allowing kyrie and davis on their current contracts to be on the same team at the same time that also comes with reports coming out this i think today or, or it's even today or yesterday that davis now also um has the knicks on equal footing in regards to appealing destinations with the Lakers. Uh, this, again, now also comes with the Knicks and their whole situation in which they create two max spots in their Chris Porzingis trade, which we'll get to later. Kendall, what did you make of this entire Anthony Davis saga, and where do you think this uh, heads us to come uh, this offseason? Uh, Anthony Davis. um
1: Uh, It's it's interesting because you know at first glance, I mean, you have to the first thing you think about is well, Anthony Davis is a obviously a generational talent. He is, you know, I I would say a top five player in the NBA. Um, Definitely at a top six, Uh, and. I, I mean, I think the best player to come on the market since, I mean, definitely best player to be, like, available to teams in the league since Kevin Durant. I mean, I guess in theory since LeBron, but uh, if we're talking about trade. Yeah, what uh, about via trade?
0: Because Kevin yeah, Durant wasn't via, that long ago. Right, via trade. I mean, KG. You think he, yeah, I mean, he's better than Melo, so. Yeah, I would say he's better than Melo. Definitely. You know, I, I,
1: we had that conversation with last week, I think it was yeah. I I don't think it's I don't think it was crazy. I don't think I don't think I think they're kind of on the same level, but I would take Andy Davis. Um, KG was, I would say, just as good, but he was older. He was twenty yeah. 25. He was like 30. So, I mean, this this is a this is a different type of asset. Yeah, players, players of the
0: caliber of Andy Davis just never become available via trade. At 25 years not old, not this young age. Yeah, It never
1: happened. <laughs> you know, like he, Kobe asked for a trade, but also he was like 27, 28. And the Lakers you know? trade so, him. Yeah, and the Lakers were like, "Dope." Oh, yep, they just kept them. They, they tried. Right, yeah. And they got power Gasol. So I mean, uh, this is so that's that shows you the level of you know unprecedented. That shows you how unprecedented this this type of move is, um, which is why you see a team like Boston. And Danny Ainge, who has some weird obsession with Anthony Davis, maybe it's because he's a great player. I don't know, but making it's it clear that yeah, I guess yeah, I guess so. But making it clear that they don't care that he doesn't want to he doesn't want to commit to being a Celtic. They're still willing to put any chip on the table. To me, as a Celtics fan, that is unnerving because um, it seems like a risk that is unnecessary. Um, before I finish my point on the Celtics, I'll start with the Lakers. Uh, they are this. The the whole the we talked about it last week. You know how the Magic I feel like is screwing them over, but with you know the 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 the, the brazen uh, tampering that they've done, and make it's made teams not want to deal with them. We saw that this week with Dell Demps and the Pelicans. Uh. I don't think he's gonna get traded to the Lakers. I would be shocked if he ever got traded to the Lakers. Um I think the I don't know if he's getting traded to the Celtics, but I think they have the best package right now. I honestly I think some other team may put all their chips to the to the forefront beyond Boston. Um everything that we've heard is the Celtics wanna be super aggressive. I I don't know if that's if that's a bluff or not. I mean I, I hope it is. What would I, what
0: what would how would the Celtics benefit from that bluff?
1: Well, one, you keep him out of LA this season. Uh so you let you let the trade market kind of I don't want to say dictate itself, but kinda of like well, you I mean, you can't trade for him now. So that that's where the bluff honestly comes in. It's we can't we were we we're legally not allowed to put any chips on the table so let's tell the pelicans not, i wouldn't say lie but let's which is what we've heard is that they didn't they're not giving any promises but make it abundantly clear nobody's off limits right now but i think when push comes to shove i think danny angel will be a little like, bit more i guess again my, uh,
0: my question is still kind of becomes still though what how does it benefit the celtics that they could be bluffing the pelicans into not actually being willing to trade everyone for this guy like, I, I mean, because Bel- it's not like it's not like the Lakers are in the, the Eastern Conference. Well, so. if you
1: tell the Pelicans, look, you guys can't have Tatum or look, you guys ain't not Tatum and Brown. The Pelicans might be like, well, that's what we want. So if you guys aren't going to give it to us. Then we'll just trade him to, to L.A. or We'll trade him to whoever wants him now, since we can't get what we want from Boston when they're legally allowed to trade for him so they can say what they're what they're considering potentially and when push comes to shove be a little bit more strategic about who they're willing to move uh
0: so you're saying that the bluffing could still be in an effort to they're actually, just stung, get, basically. actually get anthony davis but just they, they can't just do the, anything till now so just say everything's available and then actually negotiate when you
1: can that's negotiate. what i'm guessing that i mean hey i could be wrong it could be angels just like trust me you guys can have whatever you want just get to Ju- just get to July 1st but my ge- but uh, there is a part of me that feels like they could just be stalled just yeah. to buy time until they can trade for him and then
0: they'll have a real negotiation i mean it does seem surprisingly reckless for Ainge to suggest that he would really give up anything for anthony davis Who's made it clear with, I don't wanna be yeah, there? Yeah, his camp has made it abundantly clear he is not interested in Boston. Um They've put out,
1: oh yeah, we got four teams.
0: His dad says the Celtics are trash. Um, his is the the backdoor channel agents or sources, whoever are his sources, keep telling reporters the teams that he's willing to sign with and he they never mentioned Boston. They keep And they keep saying that Boston is specifically not on this list because we do not want Boston. It's a little surprising that he'd be so against an organization that seems to be run so well. Pardon me. I, I don't know how much of his dad's statement about Isaiah Thomas is how AD feels. You want to know that you did you hear the theory on why? Um, I don't know if you have a theory. On, on, on why on why that is? Or why, why he doesn't
1: want to beat Gold of Austin?
0: I have no idea.
1: Think about <laughs> I, do, I, do, I do a po-
0: I do a podcast where I'm supposed to have ideas, but this is something that actually has, I've been trying to wrestle with and for This days, is something uh, I got from,
1: I believe, Amin el Hassan on ESPN okay. brought this up. But it's something I also, that I had not considered. It's something we talked about about a month ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, remember when Danny Ainge made some... Uh, Interesting comments about LeBron James, mm. he didn't comparing him best. to uh, the president of the United States, mm. and obviously LeBron James' agent, Rich Paul, uh, Anthony Davis' agent, Rich Paul. I think I mean, LeBron. I don't, I don't know if LeBron ever commented on it, but I don't believe he did. I don't believe he did. It surprised me, but. I, regardless of whether or not y'all, be, I'm, I can guarantee you didn't like the comment. No. So, this could be their way of behind closed doors giving Danny Ainge the middle finger. Thanks for you.
0: But why, I, that's an interesting theory that I think I'm willing to work with. But to cross-examine that theory, and this maybe says a lot about Anthony Davis that I'm asking this question, but why are LeBron's feelings affecting Auntie Davis's life choices?
1: Well, yeah, but well, we've which, had... Which we, may say had a lot about this whole situation. Like, which, yeah, we've had our conversations about, you know, Rich Paul's a good agent, but at the end of the day, he does seem to be doing what's best for LeBron.
0: That's, a lot so, of that's what I don't cases. get about this whole thing, is that, like, I, I don't know,
1: like... We gotta give him to the Lakers, but honestly, if I'm Anthony Davis, I, I know you like LA, but I don't know if the Lakers are the best spot for Anthony Davis. Beyond the fact
0: that they're LA, I'm be honest. I don't know if a superstar, if any superstar, a good spot is playing next to LeBron James. I, I At I don't, this age, and at this age, absolutely. And I, and I, and I, and I don't want to sound like a hater because I feel like a lot of people we say like that, they feel you sound like a LeBron hater. But I, besides Dwayne Wade, tell me the superstar who's loved playing with this guy. And we've now seen a lot of superstars play with this guy now. It's not like, oh, he's played with nobody for his entire career. Like, we've seen guys who were stars or superstars play with LeBron. And besides Wade, I can't tell you the guy that I say, oh, he loved playing with LeBron. His game expanded exponentially. Um, I've seen guys who like LeBron personally. Kevin Love likes LeBron personally. I don't think he was... I don't think he cried at all that LeBron was leaving Cleveland. Chris Bosh has talked about the struggles of playing with LeBron James. Kyrie Irving wanted to get the hell out of there. Like, that's something I, I don't, and it's not, it's not all LeBron's fault. It really isn't, but there's something about just, as Kevin Durant said, and he got upset that we talked to him about it. I guess we'll talk with him at some point. There's something about the atmosphere that gets created that, If you're a guy at the caliber Anthony Davis, I don't know if it makes sense to team up with someone who's such a mega, just mega icon. I think he's beyond superstar at this point. A a cultural icon like LeBron James. I just don't know if that is beneficial to him, especially at his point in his career, Anthony Davis, and LeBron's point at his career. Anthony Davis shouldn't be running second to anybody.
1: I think they're pitching him on, you know, LeBron's got... A limited amount of time, and then whenever he moves on, and even beyond whenever he moves on, whenever he ages and slows down a little bit, and, and it could be next year or two years from now, just Anthony Davis will be the best player on the team.
0: But what at what LeBron has never shown any, he's shown no deference. Besides the first year in Miami, I've never seen anything about LeBron where he's going to defer his game to someone else.
1: I see, but I I, I would say that's not fair only because. He's I so mean, great. He's, well, well, yeah, he was so great. Right. You know, I mean, he's great now, but I can't tell you he's going to be great two years from now. I just feel Which like. Which is right. me, part of the negative. I'm like, I mean, you want to team up with some guy that two years from now is going to be, you know, half the player you want. I don't know. I don't think it'll be half the player it was, but won't be as dynamic. And, I mean, unless the theory is we're going to get a second superstar now it's like you just want to create a super team. I mean, fine, but LeBron hasn't shown any. They, who Who's that second guy?
0: I just feel like Bosh and Love were, without question, still Hall of Famers, but much worse players playing with LeBron James.
1: Yes, both guys. I mean, Love was a, you could argue, I mean, if not consensus, he was certainly a debatable top 10 player in the league before he got to Cleveland. You
0: could argue Bosh. There were arguments made made that the boss was top five right you could there were arguments by the time he was it was all said and done whether he was top twenty five I mean, yeah, a guy doesn't just lose his game in a year or two years, yeah, and it's in the not prime of his career but my thing is leBron they won championships there's this is not a referendum on what happened in those years. they won championships there's, I'm not criticizing how Lebron's played, but in terms of a personal standpoint, I mean, Anthony Davis, any this I don't know if running to LeBron is the best thing for his career at this point, unless now he does say he wants to win championships and maybe that's what he looks at it. Maybe he's willing to sacrifice that. I just think he's too great for that. I just think he's a guy that should be going to a better team in a better situation, but also still being the guy. And I don't know if LeBron has shown the willingness to not be the guy at some point. Now, maybe he will Dwayne Wade showed that to LeBron and and that was showed how selfless Dwayne Wade was. And we know LeBron is a very selfless player on the court, but he hasn't been selfless in regards to making other players worse than him comfortable in yeah. playing their games. I mean, it it makes no logical sense. The the list that they put together,
1: the four teams, not having Boston on the list. The only other theory that I have, and this is the, the, the my my one theory was the, the age theory, which I think makes sense. They don't like Danny Ainge. It, could be, it may not even just been that one comment. It may just be like consistently Danny Ainge has been a rival. They've been jabs on LeBron throughout the year. And they're just like, you know what? Screw that guy. <laughs> so, I, I mean, that seems like the most likely scenario. But another potential scenario that would – the only other thing that would make this make sense, which would be a dark timeline for Celtics fans, is think about – I mean, he has the four teams, Lakers, Knicks, Clippers, Bucks. Apparently the Lakers and Knicks are on equal footing, and then you have the Bucks and Clippers behind those two teams. Well, why would the Knicks be on equal footing? It because, makes because, no because sense. Someone's going there. Yeah, it would make no sense if the, I mean, the, the Lakers give you, I mean, the Knicks give you no chance to win a championship. The fact that he looks at the the Knicks as just as viable of a situation as the Lakers. When the Lakers have LeBron James on the roster. And if he goes there, would have two superstars and could recruit a third one. Makes me even more confident that the Knicks think that they're getting somebody. That people around the league know that the Knicks are getting somebody.
0: That's what it and looks like to me. And if you
1: don't even look at the Celtics, if you, if he's saying to, to themselves, if they're saying to themselves, we're not even looking at the Celtics, that's a whack situation. The only other reason they would say that beyond age is whatever, or Boston's a bad city, or whatever uh, reason they don't like the Celtics, is they know Kyrie's not gonna be there. Right. And why would you wanna get traded to a team that's not the when Kyrie's gonna leave, why would you want to sign with a team that doesn't have Kyrie Irving? Yeah. So that's my other theory. I, I think either one is just as reasonable, just as logical. Um, I mean I don't think the Danny Ainge hatred one is logical I think it's, it's emotional but regardless um, that
0: one that that theory makes more sense to me than the first theory I don't put the first theory past LeBron or Rich Paul because yeah. they have shown to have an immense amount of immense amount of influence on this league in ways that I could never have imagined so Yeah we saw those their, the whole action man could, Yeah so could their feelings affect some other dudes life choices? Yes, I asked the question saying why would that be the case? I don't know. I don't think you know. No one would know why that, that would affect Anthony Davis in terms of him personally. I get that that's his employee. That's who he's employed, but he's employed Rich Paul. LeBron hasn't employed Anthony Davis, but I, you could make the case that maybe there's a manipulation going on the way that's how it thinks in his mind, or maybe he doesn't even know that that's how it's being perceived. Um, but from his standpoint, it, it doesn't make any sense why LeBron's best interest would be in Anthony Davis's best interest. Uh but I'm not putting it in past them because they've they've they they have had such a great influence on the league or I, they, a large influence on the league that uh, <laughs> that anything is possible. Um, but uh, it, I do quickly want to mention Magic and all of this because if Magic doesn't close this deal, does the clock start ticking on him? If he doesn't, Oof. if Anthony Davis doesn't go to the Lakers, which my thing is, I don't think that that's not out of their own possibility. If he goes he got if four he, teams on the list. If he finds a way to the Knicks, he ain't never going to the Lakers. I'll say that right now. Because if he finds a way to the Knicks, that means someone else on the Knicks is there and signed long-term. So, he's not going to pass up the extra money in New York, I think, to go to the Lakers to play with LeBron. I don't think. But, who knows? This is very unpredictable. If he gets to the Knicks, he ain't never going to the Lakers. So... If you're Magic Johnson, what what do you do with that open cap space? Do you just punt it to try to get Giannis in there? Can you recruit Giannis to get there? Like, I mean, and then you I mean, could be up by then. I mean, this Lakers <laughs> team. So I, I don't know. We've seen him botch the Paul George thing. He botched the Kawhi Leonard thing. And he's botched this, and it's it, so far we don't know yet. But so far, it's not looking good with this. There's now more competition, whereas as of before today, there was no competition for Nick Davis. Now, when this summer comes around, there will be at least two teams with them—the them and the Celtics. There could be three if the Knicks get the number one pick. So, if Magic doesn't end up with this, that will be three superstars that expressed interest in wanting to be on the Lakers. Magic and the Lakers very obviously tampering to figure out how to get them places. And those GMs just deciding, Nope, we ain't doing it. We're not, we're not messing with that organization and how they're operating. We will send you somewhere else. Even if that means we take less than what we should be getting. That That's a, that, I mean, at a certain point, imagine you're supposed to close the deal. I know he got the ultimate deal with LeBron James, but I think I, th- I I, I look at the way this team is constructed right now. I look at the deal they made in this trade deadline, getting rid of their most productive big man to potentially open a spot for Carmelo Anthony. I'm just saying. When 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 do we start looking at magic? Because everyone in this LeBron cycle is being looked at, at on this microwave timeline. You know, Luke Walton, it's game the game. A lot of these players, in terms of who's gonna get traded, it's game to game. It's week to week. Out, I'm wondering, is Magic Johnson on that same timeline? Uh,
1: it's tough because, like, I mean, look, the whole free agent game is—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a dangerous game to play. It becomes like college sports when you when you rely on recruiting. Uh, I mean, part of it is like it's on you, you know. If the Lakers want to make Magic wants to make his. His his money off and Polinka, they're they want to make their money off of our ability to recruit free agents, like we're John Calipari, and you can't recruit free agents, then you're not doing a good job. So from that perspective, now I don't get mad at, for example, Dennis Lindsey, the GM of Utah. I don't get mad at him for not being able to recruit free agents because that's not – he didn't get the job saying I'm going to get you – I'm going to make a super team. I'm going to get you all the best free agents. We're getting the best free agents to come to Utah. That would be unrealistic. But um, just like I wouldn't be mad at a, a college basketball coach at a small school for not recruiting five stars to go to their school. Yeah. But, you know, Magic made it clear. And he didn't have to. He could have been like, look, this is going to be a slow process. You know, of course, we're going to recruit free agents, but we're not guaranteeing anything. We want to build through the drafts. We want to build the right way. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at him for not getting Paul George, not getting Kawhi. But they've made it this thing that they're going to, they're aiming for the top. They're supposed to get the best players in the league to come to Los Angeles. And every great player that's come on the market has ended up on a different team. But
0: Kendall, what's made this more alarming, you're talking about free agency, and that's an issue. But really, only Paul George has been the only free agent that he's not cashed in on. But my issue with him is closing the deal in regards to trades. He was arrogant in his dealings with the Paul George situation saying, I'm not giving up Brandon Ingram because we're going to get Paul George in free agency anyway. And Paul George like didn't even really consider the Lakers by the time free agency came around. The Kawhi Leonard thing, we don't know how that's going to play out because so, he has to go to free agency. But he got the Lakers Nobody LeBron thinks James, he's going to Lakers. And Kawhi, by all accounts, doesn't want anything to do with LeBron James. So that was a guy that everyone said, oh, well, now nah, he's going to be a Lakers and y'all going to be good. You didn't make any trade to get him because you didn't want to give up Brandon Ingram. You didn't want to give up any assets. And now he looks more likely to be on the Clippers than he is to be on the Lakers. Now the Anthony Davis is coming around, and you're the only team that was available, and you made it very clear, oh, we're working that channel to get him on the Lakers. <laughs> you got Rich Paul, you know, basically trying to hold the Pelicans hostage to get Anthony Davis to L.A., and you're working in cooperation with him, and you don't get that deal done, that's three strikes, homie. That's three strikes where a, a big-time star wanted to play for your organization and through the moves you made, not something that happened with them, not something that happened with their team, how you operated did not allow you to get those guys. Kawhi and the Lakers situation pissed off Pop, this Davis, Rich Paul, LeBron situation pissed off Dell Demps. And then your arrogance regarding Paul George didn't even give you an opportunity to get Paul George. So, Magic is a m- mastermind in regards to business and closing deals. That's why the guy's a billionaire. But I, I have some questions. When, as you said, Kendall, you pointed it out very clearly, your pitch to Laker Nation, to the Laker fan base, was I close deals. You closed one, a deal that I don't know if it had anything to do with Magic. I, Correct. I think as, as long as Magic.
1: The story is
0: that. As long that, as Magic yeah. didn't like come in and just like curse out LeBron randomly in that meeting, I don't see how LeBron doesn't end up with the Lakers. Right. We know what LeBron wants to do outside of basketball. We know what he's aspiring to. We know why the Lakers made sense for him at this point in his career. He made the moves years before, excuse me, years before this situation came about. This free agency. I don't know if 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 Genie if John, if, uh, if Jim Buss was still running the show, he might have still been a Laker. Right. And I don't want to take credit away from Magic because that's what it sounds like, and that's not my intention. But the times where he really had to wheel and deal, not just wait for a guy to come in your lap and don't do anything to offend him when he, when you meet with him so he'll just sign on the dotted line, the times where it's really taken some maneuvering, he's been very questionable. And then I think the way he maneuvered this deal, Del Demp, that first offer that they offered them was true. That offer, The offer was Kuzma, Rondo, and, and Stevenson. If that and offer is true, then the way he maneuvered this was botched. How can how can we say it otherwise? The only way we can say that we can say it not that wasn't the case is if this summer he still ends up a Laker, and that can still happen. But to me, this situation puts in my eyes Maddie Johnson on the clock. I, as, as, as things stand right now, and we, this could also be a bluff
1: on the Celtics' part if they feel like we're gonna say we're putting all of our chips on the table, but we're only doing this to wait and see if Davis and his mind changes. That's another possibility. Davis could be saying to himself, I don't think Kyrie's going to be there. But when push comes to shove, if Kyrie re-signs in Boston, is Davis going to really say, I don't want to go to Boston. Don't trade me there. Maybe. I mean, I I I, th- I, I, think yes. I think he'll continue to say that. But the, the, the... The Celtics could be saying to themselves, "Let's just wait and see. He may not, because KG was doing the same nonsense. Saying, he was. I'm not. I don't want to go to Boston. Yeah. Then we got Ray Allen. And he, his tune changed. So it could be. A, it could be a similar deal. Um, I, I mean, it's a little different. He kind of, if 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 Anthony Davis wanted to make it clear that I'll play with Kyrie, he could make it clear. But that doesn't seem what he's trying to. seem like what he's trying to do. Um. So I, I don't know. I, I all I'll say is, I, if the Celtics want Anthony Davis, he'll be a Celtic this all season. I think that was that. Yeah. If they really want him, I agree. They they can have him. I I, I don't know if that's the right. Well, I don't know if I if Celtics. I don't know if I do want him depending on the price. But
0: I think um, the Knicks can outbid them if they get the number one pick. So I'll I'll cave, I'll put that caveat out there. But if that doesn't happen. Potentially yes, which is very possible. Knicks only have a twelve percent chance to get the number one pick, so it's very possible they don't have the number one pick. Very, it's likely that they don't have the number one pick. So, if that happens, then all bets are off. But if the Knicks don't have that pick, then yeah, if he wants, it's Danny Ainge controls his own destiny in regards to, in my opinion, because if they, if they, if the Celtics, excuse me, if the Pelicans were not interested in guys the Celtics had, they would have just traded them to the Lakers by now. I don't think this is all spite. It's part spite. It's absolutely part spite, and Strategy, I and I believe that. And Win is saying that the Pelicans did this partially just cause cra- chaos in Los Angeles, which has worked. They won. Yes. They won. They beat the Celtics just now. But before this, the Lakers looked crazy. <laughs> it yeah. was it was chaos, and it worked. If that's what they were trying to do, so that's part of it. I also feel like if the Lakers really had the guys that he wanted, and he didn't value the guys that the Celtics made offer, then he would have. He, they would have just traded him to the Lakers by now. They would have. They would have made him him and Hall. They would have done this selling dance. But by the time he got to three o'clock on Thursday, he would have been dealt. Clearly, he sees stuff in Boston, rocks that he likes, or assets the Celtics likes that he that he likes. He wants to explore.
1: Well, yeah, I would. I would, it's, I would like Jason Tatum too.
0: It's Danny. It's up to Danny Age now. He controls his own destiny. To whether or not Anthony Davis is a Celtic, now whether or not he can keep him, that is another story. Which is why I don't think that they, if they're he's serious about not resigning, they shouldn't give up anything for him. They, it would be. That would be. I crazy mean, me.
1: I, I just saw this one Celtics fan put out. They were. They were like, if we get to July and Davis is still like, don't trade for me. I ain't coming back. And you or rather, if you if you Yeah, if you get to July and Davis says, I'm not coming back and you trade all these assets, you trade Smart I saw one deal, it the one rumor is like the Celtics the 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 likely offer will be uh Tatum, Smart, Horford, three first round yeah, picks and I Robert saw. Williams. For Anthony Davis, which I mean, that's hard to beat that offer from any team. But like, if that if that's the offer and you do that trade and Davis bolts in a the year, then someone was like Danny Ainge has to get fired. Yeah, I w- I would agree. I mean, that's because now you're you're left with nothing. You had a, a championship team or a championship contending team, and you gave it you gave all that up. For a player that said he he
0: wasn't going to come back, yeah. If Kyrie Irving leaves... and he leaves, ends up leaving, if Kyrie Irving leaves, the Celtics are still a contender in Eastern Conference. Oh, absolutely. So whether or not that we're would a favorite, be so that would be know, a but. so if that if Kyrie is not there next year and they trade for Anthony Davis, even if he is there, yeah, that's and, and, they, and he still hey, leaves. Regardless. I mean, I I think that that would be a again as I said a surprisingly reckless move by. Yeah, this is why I think I agree with you that I think that he's one to get to the summer and give him a shot. My he, only other a shot now. He has age. a shot in the summer in regards to trading for Anthony Davis. My only other theory about Ainge,
1: which I hope I'm wrong on this, but if we think about, like, another reason why he'd be more motivated to do this move, because, again, it doesn't feel Danny Ainge-esque. doesn't feel—I mean, he. I, the only thing I will say before I get to my point about Ainge is I, I feel like I say this about every age tree. It's, it's rare that I look at a, a Celtics tree. This is why I kind of trust Ainge regardless of what we do. I, I generally, and the media is always like, look, the Celtics lost another tree, What are they doing? The, these bumbling idiots. And then, you know, two years later, we're like, wow, they fleeced these guys. Yeah. So I, I will be, I, I, regardless of what moves we make, I'll, I'll contend with the right move to make. But um, the one thing that also worries me is Ainge is getting older. And I, I also worry if he's like, look, I don't got time to see Tatum six years from now mm. develop into a, a superstar. Mm. Y- you know, I, I want to see another ring. Tell it, Kendall. So he may want to. He may be like, look, I know it's a risk. If Andy Davis leaves, I can just retire, <laughs>
0: and I'll have had my ring. He's you know, done. Kyrie, this. Lee... he's been doing this for a long time. We kind of underestimate how long he's been. Yeah. The president he... of the Celtics. He may, you know,
1: we have Mike Zarin, who's already his, you know, GM in waiting, or he's already GM, but he's president in waiting. He may be like, look, this is my this is my one last swing. And, you know, I can wait for Tatum and Brown to develop and, you know, it'd be nice, but I, I'm not going to be around season win championships. But so that would be my, uh, my other theory, which, again, is alarming because I don't know if it's a smart move to make. It could just be the impatient rush move to make.
0: Um, we spent way too much time on F.D. Davis, uh, I'm going to show everyone to try to make as short as possible today, though there's a lot to talk about. Kendall, I think the way we want to do is trades, I'm going to try to give you lightning, I want a lightning round who won the trade, uh, gut reaction on the trades that went down for the trade deadline. So, let's start with, um, let's just start with the first one, uh, that was not really the trade deadline, it was last week. It's the one that, of course, we have a lot of interest in, me being the Nick fan on the show. Chris Sasporzinhas, Tim Hardaway, Courtney Lee. They go to Dallas in exchange for the expiring contracts of Wesley Matthews, who was cut already. DeAndre Jordan, um, Dennis Smith, two first round picks. One from two thousand twenty one that is unprotected, another from two thousand twenty three that is top ten protected. Kendall, who won this trade? Uh, from a value perspective, I mean obviously the Mavericks,
1: you know, they got the best player. Uh the best assets in the trade. But the Knicks don't care if they lost this trade. They understand they lost this trade, but their 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 goal wasn't to win the trade. Their goal was to create cap space for next season and if they end up signing people superstars, then they may not have won the trade, but they the trade will have worked out for them. Um but, you know, Dallas has the only tangible I mean, I would say Dennis Smith is also a tangible asset, but Dallas also is the only team with the only tangible, real tangible asset of like we got Chris Sasporzingis next to uh, Luka Doncic. So um, I would say Dallas now, but you know the Knicks feel they feel fine about what they did. They understand what they
0: did. They're um, not stupid. The Knicks. <laughs> what happened with Chris Asporzingus was a tragic situation, far as I'm concerned. All parties deserve blame for how his time with the Knicks ended. Uh, The Knicks and their clownish behavior and moves over the course of Chris Stapp's career with the Knicks led to Chris Chris Stapp's frustration, albeit I think Chris Stapp's diva tendencies and at times unprofessionalism did not reflect well on him and made New York not afraid to get him the hell out of New York City. So uh it's unfortunate because he's a homegrown talent and you want to see those and I think a lot of people had a lot of faith that this kid could be the one to lead the Knicks to the Promised Land. They were hoping that him along with some other star this summer could do it, not some super team that we're talking about for Knicks now, now that they've created two cat two spots, two max slots for this summer. In terms of who won this trade, I'm actually cheating on this question and say it's incomplete. We will not know because this trade literally has to me way too many variables. The Knicks don't sign anyone. If Knicks end up missing, striking out in free agency, and to me, Kemba Walker and Tobias Harris is striking out. That is the equivalent of striking out to me. When you trade a all star talent on your roster and you only get back cap space in a, I'd say, an average prospect. Is that fair to say about Dennis Smith? At the very best, he's an average prospect. I wouldn't say he's a good prospect. Yeah, he's
1: average. He's an
0: average prospect. He's a guy who has potential
1: at his position. I mean,
0: if he's a if he ends up being a top ten point guard, that would be a massive one. Right, that'd be a massive one <laughs> at this point, and you would take that. Right now, he looks like it's it probably as starter. At
1: the top fifteen. guy.
0: Yeah, starter, top twenty. Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> right, that kind of guy. And if that's the best guy you can get for a guy who's an all star player, who's on his rookie deal still, who's going to be a restricted free agent then you failed. And then there was an F, and the Knicks lose this trade badly. Regardless of Chris Stapps' health, that's still an F, because you didn't get the value you should have got in terms of tangible assets, not just cat space. Um, Now, if the Knicks hit big on this, if they get Durant and Kyrie, or Durant and AD, or some combination of these three or four guys that we're talking about, Kawhi Leonard in that mix, then I don't care what happens with Porzingis. The Knicks won the trade, because... The Knicks are a better team than it would have been if it was Kristaps and one of those guys. Because none of all those guys just name are better than KP. So uh, that's kind of how I, I see it. For Dallas, I do think it's a risk to, for them to take, but I think it's a good risk. Uh, Doncic is a star. Him and Porzingis have a good relationship, so they're gonna take a swing in the, swing on that. But the one thing I would caution them is Kristaps seems to me still very bullish about what he's gonna do, sort of sign long term in Dallas, and. I think he's proven to be someone you can't trust. So, good luck with that, Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle. I root for the Dallas Mavericks. So,
1: apparently, right they wanted. Uh, apparently, they wanted to end up in uh, L. A. Of course, or they did. Uh, Brooklyn. Of course, they did.
0: We know. we already know how that, he by the L. A. Clippers? He tweeted L. A. Clippers a couple years ago when he apparently. Boated.
1: We 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 discussed throughout the week why the Knicks had the urgency to make this trade. Apparently, that is why. Is that they knew that Porzingis wanted to end up in Brooklyn or New York, and they felt if, if they make this gets if this gets public that he wants to trade that him and his team might just come out and say it, and that that would scare off someone like Dallas, and then they would be forced to deal with Brooklyn and
0: LA. And no, we don't want anything from Brooklyn or anything from LA.
1: Yeah, exactly. So from that standpoint, uh, it was smart to just get this trade over with.
0: Yeah, I mean Chris that's <laughs> I think both people, I think both parties try to put themselves in the worst position possible. And this is what we ended up with. Yeah, has, I, mean, it's I don't sad. think Chris has, Chris has not want anything to do with Dallas, but he was fine with going there as long as he's out in New York. Once the Knicks learned that he wanted to get out, uh, the Knicks would have preferred to get better assets and not have to trade him at all, really. I think it all was well and good. Uh, but Chris has put them in a position where they had to do that. So, this is where they ended up.
1: It, I mean, and like you mentioned, it's sad. You know, I'm not a Knicks fan, but I mean, this guy was obviously the future of the franchise. And you're a and New Yorker, Kendall.
0: Even though you're not a Knicks
1: fan, you know what
0: he means to you New know, York fans. Yeah, I know how many Knicks fans I
1: mean, love this guy. Yeah. You know, like... And, I mean, you don't see Superstar... I mean, not Superstar, but you don't see faces of the franchise... This early in their careers, get traded. I mean, when was the last time we saw a guy? I'm,
0: I'm thinking maybe Jason Kidd in Dallas, the first time. Right. That's the that's the one that's coming to mind. Oh, technically, I mean Shack left free agency, right? But that was free agency. I mean, like a trade. Like, yeah, a trade. Like a trade where a guy was really early in his career, and he's and the guy was the, the best franchise. player in the trade. Not like uh, right. Oh, we
1: traded him for another superstar, right? Yeah. like Julius Tatum is like, oh, well, that's the player spot. that's coming
0: to mind to me, is Casey Davis. Kidd. Right. The players come to mind to me, Jason Kidd. But that also there were shenanigans with that too. Like that shouldn't have ended how that ended. But player strife, locker room strife, and they ended up getting all the three guys, to three Js, Jim Jackson and Jamal Mashman They all ended up being gone. So right. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Knicks I I mean I'm looking at this Porzingis picture in my basement figuring out what the hell I'm going to do with it Uh, but yeah it just kind of (laughs) speaks to the promise that a lot of New York Knicks fans had and And I will go on. and I do have to say one thing Porzingis and his team painting this picture of the Knicks being this losing perpetual losing and that being concerning to them while I think on the surface it's a good story it does not make sense that Porzingis did not understand that this season losing was the best way to get him town. it's like saying david robinson in his uh in the year when he got hurt in san antonio went to popovich and bob hill and was like you why know are we losing i don't so much? why are we losing so much this is i'm tired of this losing culture and this isn't gonna get it done and him not having the foresight that them losing was the best chance to get tim duncan it's like almost the only difference is David Robinson's on the down. So was on the downside of his career, but he was still a superstar. That is, is otherwise it's the exact same thing. And for Chris that's not to have that foresight or to ignore that foresight, pretend that he doesn't have it also is a little disappointing. Yeah. Um,
1: throwback to when, uh, the Knicks could have got Devin Booker and Lowry Martin. <laughs> Chris. for poor thing, huh?
0: Oh my God. Yeah. I know that would have been nice. Yeah um Kendall let's go through this trade real quickly that one we took a little long time okay let's let's fast forward now to the more recent one so I'm gonna start with Toronto's move Marcus So going to Toronto they get rid of CJ miles Jonas Valanciunas, Eunic Dylan, Dylan Wright uh Don Wright I don't know why I couldn't say that and 24 2024 second round pick who won the trade uh won the
1: trade. I'm. I'm gonna say, uh, uh, Memphis.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: I mean, Toronto. I don't blame them for taking the swing. Uh, I think you can argue they got better, but I thought Memphis got very good. A lot of a lot of value for a guy that I don't. I don't think Gasol is that much better than Valanciunas. Mm. So to get the other value on top of that, is uh, is a win.
0: Uh, Valanciunas is definitely much younger. I. 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 I still kind of like Valanciunas. I don't know. I.
1: Exactly. I mean, I think I, I change still... of scenery plus the. You know the direction of the team, like you said, he's younger.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know how he fits next to uh, Jackson, but he's again he's still such a young guy. I, I would be curious to see how uh, he ends up. I'm gonna say I'm gonna still say Toronto. Uh, I like them going for it. I still think Gasol is better than Valanciunas and probably a little more reliable when it comes to the postseason. His defense has slipped. Uh, he's a health concern, but. I like that Toronto was able to get a – if he's not a star, he's right below a star. And they didn't really sacrifice any depth. You know, right – they really could never find time for him in the rotation. I think Miles is a guy that's replaceable. And at the best I, – I think Gasol is an upgrade over Valentinus, But at best, it's a wash. And even that, I think, is, no you know, questionable. Uh, Gasol only has one more year after this year. So I think it's a good gamble. I'm gonna say Toronto wins that trade. Uh what about uh what about the move that Milwaukee made? Stay in the Eastern Conference. Nikola Miritich goes to the uh Bucks and the Pelicans. The Pelicans end up getting Steve, uh Stanley Johnson, uh two second round three second round picks, or four actually second round picks, and Detroit gets Thon Maker. Who won this trade? Uh I
1: mean, the Bucks uh, getting Nico Miritich is a uh, is I thought I thought that was a great move. I do too. You get a, a shooter like Miritich to play around Giannis and those guys. Uh, now you have him and Lopez. It just makes them even more dangerous. Um, they needed, I think, a little bit more scoring punch uh, off the bench. He obviously is going to give them that. Um, but I also think the Pelicans got sneaky, decent value for hmm. Um Only because, I mean, now the whole Anthony Davis is going to play this play this year thing, which is stu- stupid, but regardless, the whole Anthony Davis trying to play this year thing kind of nixes the whole you know, it's time to tank. But, um, I mean, getting this, this the Pelicans could end up being a sneaky, like, Celtics 2.0 if they play this thing right. They could they could have like twenty picks in the next five years.
0: I mean, they got four second round picks for Miritich. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's, for that's Miritich. a lot of
0: second round picks.
1: You know, like and four second round picks likely will equate to more, more if not the same, than more value than uh, a first round pick.
0: Yeah, one and first or round pick. it could turn some of those picks could turn into a first round pick.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you have those sec you have those second round picks. If they want to trade Drew Holiday, they can trade him now. But in the offseason, they could—I could—they could certainly get a first round pick for Drew Holiday, if not multiple. And obviously, they're going to trade Anthony Davis, which will—they'll almost certainly get multiple first round picks. And I mean, I don't know if there's other players they're—they're they're trying to trade on their team. Now, I'm not saying they should trade the whole roster for draft picks, but if they want to do the rebuild right, like the Celtics, uh, they could—that's a good start. Get a lot of draft picks. Mm. Of course, you have to draft right, which is a whole nother thing that they have not
0: done well uh i'm gonna say the bucks won this trade i think they needed i think i think marriage fits perfectly with bud um another guy spreads the floor fearless shooter versatile i love the way he played last year he i mean he's a really good player and i don't think the pelican i don't I think the bucks had to give up too much i kind of get the don maker getting rid of him um, and this is just in kind of including him, it was verse, at first. It was just a deal with the Pistons, but kind of making this a three-team deal, I think, kind of ended up making a lot of sense. Uh, Maker didn't want to be there. I, I, I think he's a unique prospect, but it doesn't seem like he had really a, a place in, in with that team. So I, I would say that they uh, they won that trade. Um, they won that trade in that regards. And Stanley Johnson, a guy I, I, I still don't understand what his deal is. I'm sorry. I don't know why he hasn't become a better player than he has been, but it, it kind of just goes to show you that, you know, we can look at these guys coming out of the draft and it, it, they could look like they have all the tools, but when they get out on the court, it could just be a whole different ball game. Yeah. And I don't say, I'm not going to say Zane Johnson doesn't have a place in this league. He can defend a little bit. He's obviously strong and athletic, but. It's just amazing to me. A guy that so many people thought could be a steal. Is, is just, I mean, like, I love Stanley Joss. one of my worst draft picks. He's an incredibly marginal player. Um, and the fact that he's in throwing deals like this is, is still unbelievable to me. Um, the other major trade that uh, that I thought shook, shook up the league was Philly trading for Tobias Harris. So they received Tobias Harris, Boba Marjanovic, and Mike Scott in exchange for the Clippers getting... Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, Landry Shamit, the twenty twenty first round pick, twenty twenty first uh Miami first round pick, the twenty twenty first second round pick, and a twenty twenty third second round pick. Kendall, who won this trade?
1: Uh uh, well, obviously I think Tobias Harris and Bovon are happy they're still on the same team. Uh, those guys the, they should
0: they should be a package deal everywhere they yeah,
1: go. The, the Toby and Bovey show. Yeah, they're all awesome. continues. But, uh, look, Philly, they finally decided they're going to take a swing. You know, I, I clowned them for a year. Uh, or, or EJ, are you going to admit that I was right, that they should have uh, traded Fulton in the offseason? Yes. There, that was, I said at the time, is a loser move to try and keep this guy when you know it ain't going to work out. Yeah. And his value's only going to get worse. And they, they 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 held on to him, and now they want to be able like, to no, know we're trying to go all in, so we're going to move folks for Jonathan Simmons. <laughs> all right, man. Who was one of the yeah, worst like, players in the league this year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm like, look, have fun with that. All these Sixers
0: fans talking about, oh, this is the key. We're getting more vets on the bench. I love the trade. I'm like, Jonathan Simmons. They, they don't even realize. They, they have, have not watched Jonathan Simmons play, and they're the trading one pick for her.
1: Yeah, time. I don't think they really traded number one pick for this
0: guy. I mean, they literally traded. <laughs> That's no a one buyout pick. player. They they traded number no one pick for one of the worst rotation players in the NBA right now.
1: You know, like, and uh, the the funniest thing was like, I I was in class when that trade happened, and I was sitting next to a Sixers fan. I was like, "Oh, Marco Folks just got traded to Orlando." I was like, <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, "Ah, uh, look you guys are pregnant. I hope you like uh, Johnson Simmons." He's like, nah, it's going to be Terrence Ross. Watch. I'm like, <laughs> all right, man. And it was, it was, it's John, he's like, oh, it's Jonathan Simmons. Like, what I tell you, dog? <laughs> like, of course it's going to be Jonathan Simmons. But, um, no, yeah, I, on the Tobias Harris trade, though, look, I like the Sixers being willing to take a swing. Uh, They got four star players, four all-stars. I think Tobias Harris, if he were in the East, would have been an all-star this year. So they have four all-star players. Um... It's worth it. You get another shooter. Uh, I, I the Clippers, I think are also trying, They're also doing something. I don't know what. Similar to the Knicks. Knicks are a little more obvious. I don't know what the Clippers are doing, but they're doing something. I, I wouldn't sleep on them. So I, I think this is also an incomplete. But I would lean Sixers right now in terms of value.
0: This is a this was a weird trade to me. Um, Tobias Harris is a extremely talented offensive player. One of the more efficient offensive players in the league this year. Adding him to the Sixers just on a, on the sheer value of just pure talent. I mean, the Sixers' starting lineup is just ridiculous in terms of offensive ability. Yeah, and I, I, just,
1: like, size. Yeah, size <laughs> and
0: length. And, I mean, it's like, I mean, JJ six 6'5". He's the shortest guy in the lineup. But, like, all these guys can pass, dribble. Only Simmons can't shoot. It's it's a dangerous group. Um but I I do have questions about, you know, chemistry for the six, for the Clippers. I think that getting two first-round picks for Tobias Harris is really good value. Um, the Miami pick. Okay, though, explain this to me. Why does everyone think this Miami pick is, like, gold? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, the Miami pick how, is funny.
0: I mean, okay, 2021, I mean, he definitely seemed like they're on the way down. But it's not like they're, like— Well, the, the
1: idea is, like, 2021— it's supposed to be the year of the double draft, if things go the way people think they will. What,
0: what does that mean, double draft?
1: Well, right now coming up, we have the twenty nineteen draft with Zion Williamson. Right. Uh, next year will be you know the Cole Anthony, James Wiseman type guys. Yep. That's the twenty 2020 twenty draft. Twenty twenty one is when we will have the one and done class of like high school juniors now. For example, Jalen Green, who's the number one high school junior in the country. Um, but we also think that that's when the one-and-done will start. I don't know if that's the case, but you mean if that, that is when the one-and-done will one start. Will end. Yeah, or yeah, the one-and-done will end, and the high school seniors will mm-hmm. also be allowed to. So it'll be a double draft in the sense of you'll have the 2020 high school class and the 2021 high school class mm-hmm. in the same draft. Ah. Uh. I see. so even though even if miami even that miami picks number 10 that's
0: probably right. like five in, a in, a, draft, in another right. draft i see what you're saying now because i kept hearing people say the 2021 miami pick and i'm like can someone explain this to me i cannot find anything that and makes if that miami pick is
1: time. like if they're bad and that picks like five now that's they like begin gold. to transcend the town right
0: potentially uh, yeah i get it now okay um
1: that's why that memphis that memphis celtics pick if they keep losing man they're gonna, yeah. if if that pick becomes uh if we, if we get that pick in
0: 2021 it's
1: bad for uh bad for the league but
0: i'm going to say the sixers <laughs> won this trade only because i think that they're not in the they're not in the business of stocking first round picks at this point anymore. they don't care yeah so they got the best player but i think the clippers the they have something cooking there that if you're a nick fan you got to be a little worried about because they seem to be the only other player in the Big time free agent game. Besides the teams that are trying to retain guys or add guys to the guys they already have, so that clearly was a move to uh, to put them in that position. And with more moves to potentially be made, but once we get to the NBA draft, they could then clear maybe more cast space by the time we get to June before July. So a lot to pay attention to with that. Um, where else should we go? Kind of where else should we go? Uh, how about the Harrison Barnes trade? He got traded while. Oh, uh, the game was going on. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Harrison Barnes goes to Dallas. Uh, Zach Randolph, who was already cut, and Justin Jackson goes to uh, Sacramento. I'm oh, sorry, back back. I got that reverse. Harrison Barnes goes to Sacramento. Those two guys go to Dallas.
1: Yes. Uh, I mean, I don't know what Dallas is doing. I, I think Dallas is just trying to make this the Luca show, which. And they're just trying to clear cap space, I guess. But uh, which look, I, honestly, I think it's—I mean—it's good for Doncic, you know. Kind of, he'll just have more free reign, which is the one thing they needed, um, or he needed rather. And I honestly, I think it's the thing that held him back in Europe is like you know he had less less room to be creative. But um, so now he to have more shots, more more of the ball in his hands, which would be good, but uh, for Sacramento, I mean, you get a guy like Barnes, who I mean, I would say now, I mean, you could argue they're a best player. Uh, that, that's, I mean, that's pretty decent value for two guys that, you know, Jackson got a little bit of a run, and Randolph hadn't really played all year. Uh, I would say that's good value. And they're not going to sign a free agent, so I don't care about the oh, you know, now you know he's into the gas base and he may not sign long-term. That's not a problem for Sacramento.
0: Yeah, I think this is a I think this is a, a surprisingly shrewd move for Sacramento, who seems to maybe be getting out of the doldrums. I mean... Uh, Give one to Vlade,
1: man. W for Vlade. Yeah,
0: this is a W for Vlade. I think that uh, this is a win for, for the Kings. They want to try to be for this playoff spot. And I don't... I mean, they'd be hard-pressed to try to take that last spot from LeBron. But I like that they're going for it. And who knows? Maybe the Jazz fall off in the seventh spot. Maybe they're able to catch them. But... This clearly makes the Kings a better team. Uh, it gives them another wing scorer, more versatility, and I, you know, Zach Randolph, you know, he was just a salary at this point. He had, wasn't even with the team this year. Justin Jackson, I don't think you're gonna lose much losing him from the fold. So I, I love the move of the Kings. I'm gonna say this is a win for them for Dallas. Uh, this is a salary dump, but it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a necessary one. Um, Barnes was a— Guy who's going to make 25 million on a player option next year and getting out of that, uh, getting out of like half of that I guess, we, or most of that, because consider Zach Randall's contract, was uh, was good for them. So I I see what they were doing with that. Uh, let's do one more, Kendall. What about uh, Otto Porter, Kendall? He was traded uh, the day before to uh, the Bulls. The uh, the the Wizards ended up getting in return Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis, and a 2023 second round pick. Uh,
1: I mean, it's an odd move for the Bulls because they're not in the same position Sacramento as Where like. I feel like it's a similar move, but they have way less incentive to do this than Sacramento did. Because one, they're, I mean, it, as dysfunctional as they are, they are Chicago. So you think, you'd look, they could turn around. They'd be able to attract somebody. It's not Sacramento where it's like, we ain't getting any free agent. But beyond that, Sacramento has real aspirations to make the playoffs. The Bulls have no chance of making the playoffs this year. It seemed like a classic Gar Foreman or a Gar Pax, rather, a classic Gar Pax uh, bad move. Um, But I guess their thing is like, look, at some point we were bad. At some point we got to start accumulating talent for when we get good. So I'll give them a – a slight pass and say. I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody won this trade. I think there were two teams in terrible situations, <laughs> kind of just trading their junk to each other. Um, you know, Washington man, that John Wall injury, whole other thing. That yeah, like,
0: poor out for John Wall, man.
1: That's yeah, sad. I mean, that's sad, man. Yeah. I'll be honest. You know, like hopefully he gets back. I mean, Boogie came back. He's been. You know, he been spectacular, but you know, yeah, his career is not over, but. Like, yeah, Washington, they're in a tough spot right now. You know, shout out to the nation's capital.
0: Uh, this is a weird trade. Otto Porter is a decent player. You got to say he's a, um, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. The money is just so outrageous. But it's only for two years the Bulls don't have any good players, basically, outside of Levine and 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 marketing, and then maybe Dunn. After that, they have no one else. They get rid of a guy in Porter, who I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, Portis, who could not get time because of the time being given to marketing and and uh and the first round pick Wendell Carter, which is rightfully so. And Jabari Parker, they never should have signed. So, I'm not going to give the Bulls a win here. I, I think that. Like you said, they got to start accumulating some players that could play at some level. The Bulls are not in a position to get any free agents. So, I think having Porter in the fold two, three, two years from now, maybe they're a team that is trying to add another piece. And now you have Porter's bird rights, and maybe you can sign him to a more reasonable deal next time around. Uh, Portis and Parker had no future on this Chicago Bulls team. So, I don't have a problem getting rid of them. Porter may have a future, and he can still play. So, I'm fine with that. It's unfortunate what's happening to Jabari Parker at this point in his career. I will always wonder if if the knee injury is why he is where he is, or is the knee injury just like a convenient excuse for the league also moving away from him, and that being more the reason why he is where he is. It's a chicken and egg thing that I think we'll never really know.
1: Yeah, um... About about Parker? Yeah. Yeah. Eh. The knee injuries, I think, they've ruined. They've ruined them. Uh, uh, it ruins a strong word, but uh, they, they've they certainly hindered his career. Um, I, and the reason I say that only, I mean, one, he, it's the second ACL. It's not the first one. The first one, he bounced back from that. Yeah. But, and he was still looked like on track to be an all-star. But the second one, any time we've seen in history, there's a long list of guys that have had ACLs. Some of them don't come back.
0: And did he have player, one in high but... school too?
1: No, he had a broken foot in high school. Oh, but um, whenever you see a guy get a, a second ACL, it's a short list. There aren't many guys that have torn the ACL twice. But uh, the the guys that have, they're, none of them have ever done anything after it. like of high uh, yeah. I mean of high level of high no, of, of any note
0: yeah
1: um I don't know Baron Davis did it but I mean he tore the ACL the second time the right, end of his career. his career yeah yeah but it's a short list Danny Manning I think did it and you know he wasn't the same player after the second one uh those are guys off the top of my head I think Michael Red might have done it twice but regardless guys that tear it twice they're never the same he did it so early in his career you know, the fact that he's even a, you know, I mean, I can't really say the contributing players can't play on the Chicago Bulls, but, you know, so has yeah, a sad, sad, uh, sad thing with Jabari Parker.
0: Yeah, I didn't like seeing, it was sad to see Jabari Parker and Fultz, guys that had such promise, be traded in such... Over kind of fluke things, mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and in such meaningless deals, like, it's, I don't know, and, and have those situations they've gone through, um... I hope that Fultz, as young as he is can get over it in Orlando. Um, Parker seems a little bit more of a taller task at this point in his career, but you never know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a whole. Not- I was hoping
1: that he ended up with the Lakers. They would talk to the Lakers, talks about trading for him. You um, never, I never want to see these guys get traded to situations where they can't, where like they can fade more into obscurity.
0: Yeah, yeah, because playing in Washington is a body obscure as it gets to this point in the league, at this point uh, in their careers. Okay, let's quickly go through Flames and Trash. My flame this week is Adam Silver. He's Flames because uh, the NBA draft, All-Star draft happened uh, on Thursday night, and it was everything I think he would have wanted it to be. I know LeBron deserves some flame for this too because he was the kind of one last year saying that, yo, we did this last year. It was great. We should do this uh, televised next year. And uh, Silver putting this together... Doing it in conjunction with TNT's inside the NBA team. So many great moments. LeBron stacking his team with all free agents. Uh, him drafting AD and seeing Giannis say that this is a tampering charge. I mean, there were just plenty of awesome moments that uh, really, to me, kind of culminates what's been a golden idea. That was stolen, to be fair. The the you know NHL and the Pro Bowl have been doing this before. But it... This made so much more sense for the NBA, why they never did it for all these years. Didn't make much sense uh, to see it kind of work out so well. And there's so much attention to be drawn to this NBA All-Star Draft. And to have it on the same day as the trade deadline. It all came out perfectly. The production was great. Shout out to TNT. to um, so Adam Silver is Flames this week. Who's Flames for you, Kendall?
1: Uh, flames this week is women's college basketball. Oh, be careful. Don't get fired yes i will not get fired because um we saw uh in women's college basketball well one let's talk about yukon um yukon women's college basketball, yukon women's this year e j has uh i believe two losses on the season which uh obviously is not something that we uh it's atypical
0: yeah where's the where' the breaking news banner Sound, I know, it, right? Sound the alarms. They lost earlier in the year to Baylor. Uh, I believe they were
1: ranked number one at the time, and then just this week, uh, or last week rather, they lost at uh, Louisville. Um, that uh, was also a uh, loss of note. But then beyond that, we also saw uh, Notre Dame uh, women's college basketball women's basketball team lose on the road to uh, or they actually lost twice uh, they lost yesterday to Miami mm-hmm. on the road but last week were lost uh, they lost to Notre, uh North Carolina who was ranked when they were ranked number one in the country North Carolina EJ was unranked at the time mm. uh, I don't know if you're noticing a trend Women's
0: basketball getting a little more competitive it, potentially man <laughs> I'm for it, man. I want to watch some so, competitive uh, college I, women's hoops. I don't want to get the I don't want to get the stat wrong. Uh, I let you I let you
1: uh, say what you have to say about this before I.
0: No, I think this is great, man. I mean, uh, I you know now. I think that the tractors the would say, well, the interest in the sport hasn't been nearly as high as those years when Connecticut is rolling through everybody. But I think that we kind of need to have this sustained level of competitiveness in order to really truly compare interest um we only know the interest of UConn winning all the time so we can't really compare it to anything else and one year is not a fair comparison but if yes if UConn can still be the dominant force still have one or two only have one or two losses and have other teams that are clearly in the mix and everyone having a chance I think that absolutely helps women's basketball and we know the sport of basketball is growing as a whole I'm hoping that what we see on the international level with men's we're now seeing in the just the just the the national level when it comes to women and that the, the more women playing basketball means more other teams and other programs and get great players just like UConn does.
1: Yeah. And we've also, well, first I'll say the stat. Obviously like I said under North Carolina, North North Carolina beat the number one team in the country, Notre Dame. Uh, this was the first time since February of 2011 that under ranked team beat the number one team in the country. And in that same time span, that has happened 23 times in college, Ben's college basketball. Wow. Eight years. Yeah. I mean, I we've seen the number one team in the country lose. It's not like super. It's no, not super not big like. Deal. <laughs> yeah, but it's not like super. It's not a big deal. You know, it's yeah. it doesn't yeah. happen all the time. It's still like, oh wow, you know, underrated team beat the number one team in the country. That's that's pretty wild. But it's not like, whoa, stop the presses. Yeah, but with North North Carolina beating Notre Dame, I mean that's again that's historic in this yeah. decade. You know, this <laughs> has only happened once. Um, also, when you look at recruiting, the McDonald American Game I believe only has two girls that are going to, to to UConn, and the number one player in the country is going to Stanford, who okay. I believe has the number one recruiting class in the country. So. I mean, some trends, you know, some parodies started in women's college basketball.
0: I'm for starting it, to become
1: man. more even than men's college basketball. I mean, not, well, that's not true, but starting to become more even than college football, which, you know, is, is certainly an interesting, uh, interesting conversation to have
0: uh, trash for me this week is LeBron James. LeBron James is trash. Why? Uh, he is the king. He is uh, the best basketball player of this generation. But I made him trash because he decided to make a comment regarding uh, Harrison Barnes' trade that, as we mentioned earlier on this show, Kendall, happened during the game. So, Harrison Barnes was playing against the Mavericks, playing uh, in a game for the Mavericks while the Mavericks were negotiating a deal to send him to Sacramento the fourth quarter ended when that deal was pretty much broken and announced by the announcers and by reporters. And he didn't of course play the fourth quarter, but LeBron decided to chime in saying, and I quote, so let me guess, this is cool that they had to do this. That was what was best for the franchise, right? Trade this man while he was literally playing in the game and he had zero idea. I'm not knocking who traded him because it's a business. You have to do what you feel what you feel was best, but I just want this narrative to start to get real real and or change. And not when a player wants to be traded or leave a franchise that he's selfish or slash ungrateful. But when the they trade you, release, wave, or cut you, etc., is best for them. I'm okay with both honestly, truly am just calling a spade a spade. LeBron. You cannot be the guy talking about the cruelties of people getting traded when for the third time in your NBA career, you were lobbying for half of your roster to be traded. LeBron's, LeBron, LeBron's teams are the only teams in NBA history that at the trade deadline have exchanged 10 players. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Not once, Kendall. Twice. And he's you willing
1: to do it a third time.
0: And he was damn sure if ready to it do it late. today. He was waiting to get rid of them clowns after <laughs> they got blown by forty points. Him sitting three rows away from them. He was sitting. He was sitting next to Donnie Walsh and Larry Bird in, 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 uh, in Indiana a couple nights ago. And he's the guy talking about the, lux- the the cruelties of people getting traded. The same guy who's been trying to get every coach he has fired except for Teron Lou, LeBron. I'm sure you mean well. You cannot be the dude talking about the cruelties of trades with how you've been on teams where to acquiesce to you, they've traded half the roster twice and almost did it just again yesterday. <laughs> not, not, not that it was a long time ago. Uh, there's, a extremely, there's a extreme lack of self-awareness there that is kind of surprising to me. So LeBron is trash. I don't know what mention. I'm going to say Kevin Durant is trash too because... Of his his anti-media rant. He has not talked to the media for weeks. And he finally finally spoke yesterday and basically was just very upset. I can't even really explain why he's upset. He's basically upset because he feels like uh, he's tired of the media narrative and them and people twisting his words and reporting where they're going to report regardless of what he has to say and not just allowing him to come in, play basketball, and go home. Durant, I get... First of all, we need to stop the whole treating the media as a monolith. Now, he did mention Ethan Strauss by name, which I actually didn't mind because at least it began the conversation of, yes, please mention the people who you have issues with, not the media as a whole. The problem is he keeps treating the media as a whole. So his beef today was with Ethan Strauss when that didn't mean he had to treat everyone else like trash. Right. Um, so that's my concern, but I do think that there's an issue we have with every, our entire society in regards to how we're treating journalism and, and this this ability to treat the media like a model, say, oh, journalists need to do this, the media needs to do that. No, you have issues with select journalists and select media outlets. You should take those, uh, those issues with them. There are plenty of hardworking people um, who are doing the right thing, who are not getting under your skin, that should not get your collateral damage because you don't like what complex wrote about you or what Bleacher Report wrote about you, or what ESPN wrote about you. That's not fair. Um, I also don't understand how Kevin Durant doesn't understand that media attention, media coverage, um, at the end of the day, helps his bottom line. If there was no interest in his dealings, not just on the court, but off the court, media revenue would be... uh, uh, TV revenue would be down, league revenue would be down, merchandise would be down. All of this was is assisted by and the max contract would go down. And the mass contract would go down. The same contract you're trying to sign, Kevin Durant. All this stuff, at the end of the day, affects your bottom line. Now, the day you tell me I'm willing to trade this money for you to leave me alone, now we're having a conversation. You're not willing to give up any of that money that you have rightfully earned. But it's also because of the interest related to the game that's related to media people asking you questions. So you don't have to be upset and go on rants and, 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 and act the way you act on a regular basis because, again, it's hard for me to explain why he's upset. I, I don't know. It just seemed like a temper tantrum he did the other day. Uh, I get what he does is hard. I'm sure having to have people ask you about your life situation is hard. But even when the reporter said, look, dude, like you said, you did not want us to talk about your 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 situation. We haven't really talked about your situation all year. So why are you upset? And then he went on this thing about Ethan Strauss, which Strauss had nothing to say about the 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 free agency. That was about him saying that he wanted LeBron. He wanted to be better than LeBron. No one thought he was better than LeBron. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, You know, I, I've talked to you about this on this show. We talk about Durant in New York as being a formality, in some to some degree. Some people say it is, and what that would mean for, in a positive light, if he thinks this media coverage he's getting, which I think is still treating him with kid gloves, is hard. Man, he's gonna want to. He he may throw hands with Frank Isola. He may throw right. he may throw hands with Stephen Bondy if he if he thinks this is hard, because those dudes don't care. Mark Berman doesn't care. They're looking to. They're looking to. Uh, they want smoke in sight. They want smoke, and those guys are not <laughs> you afraid. You saw Mark Berman
1: pull up to Dallas. Mark Berman pull up to Dallas wanting smoke with Porzingis.
0: They sent them out there.
1: These and guys the, are not. These, these guys are crazy. And these, these papers guys. don't
0: even have money, and they're still sending Mark Berman to get smoke with Porzingis. I mean, you you think he's worried about the? He's worried about the Bay Area media. Come on, dude. Jesus. Come on, DKD. I'm a
1: San Francisco Giants fan.
0: They don't care. They don't care about anything. The San I mean, Francisco, the Bay Area media folk are some of the nicest I mean, folk in America. They, they, I mean, they're great reporters. Yeah. And, they, and I'm not they saying gonna, they're, yeah, they're I'm not, not challenging Durant. Right. I'm not, not, if
1: he, not if they're winning games as much as they are.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm not, we're, not, we're not dissing them. We're saying they're great. But in terms of holding you accountable, them. come on, dude. Kevin Durant, that was also trash. And if it wasn't for LeBron and just the irony of him, you would have had gotten more bars. From and then when the guy so asked him a real there. basketball question, he's like, i on. In. He don't care about that." And gets up and leaves. It's like, what? How do you is, that's, How can you I mean, go on a rant about how you how you're upset about people not asking you about basketball when they've mostly asked you about basketball all year? Then they ask you about basketball and you just get up and leave. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get it with this guy. And I'm gonna say it for the for another time because every time Durant does this, I say this, and I think, and I'm not, I do not say this to be facetious or to make a joke because I'm entirely serious. I re- I'm i really worried if Kevin Durant is okay. That guy did not... That guy in that poem did not act like a guy that was in a good place. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Because we we... Because we keep talking about why is he like this? Why is he like this? Why is he being a jerk? It's like we've seen an obvious change in this guy, and yeah, yeah, I I agree. I mean, I I, and that did not press conference. I mean, he looked like he looked like a totally different dude than the person I've seen from him.
1: Yeah, yeah, I saw that press conference. I was like, this you get like you you can see an obvious shift of like the first thing I thought was, he would never do. You never pull something like this in OKT. Never. I mean, not like over like something that like you can easily skirt it wasn't like i mean he did that's the thing it's like he look he went eight days nine days without talking to the media that is obviously excessive in his own right and he didn't want to talk about the knicks trading Portingus. fine you all you gotta be is like i don't i don't care you yeah do I think it's odd that both him and Kyrie are both being like super defensive and anti media at the same point <laughs> I think it, I don't know if it's a coincidence, but it is happening <laughs> yeah, it's certainly happening you know you got all of a sudden losing their mind as if they know subconsciously or consciously something's in the works and they're they're they, it's hard for them to keep that under wraps and keep focus but um. But regardless, I, I feel like Durant, I, I, it worried. And uh, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer made the same point. He's like, are we sure this guy, and you made the same you, you made it. Are we sure this guy knows, are we sure this guy is ready
0: to handle the New York media? I my
1: mean, answer, I, to my answer to
0: that is obviously no. I just hope that he can get over it. Or honestly, it's so, yo, uh... I've got what shout out to the, to some guy on Barstool. He was like, "Good thing Kevin Durant is interested in the Knicks, where the ownership and front office treats the media like it's the Russian, like like <laughs> like it's the Russian state, and only certain people get access, and they're yeah. willing to ban you and throw you out if you don't fall in line." And it was funny as hell, but like he's kind of right. If there's anything right. that Dolan Kevin Durant have in common they do not like the press and maybe right. that's something these guys can connect with because yeah, yeah. if, if, if Durant tells Dolan I don't want that dude anywhere near me Dolan may be the only owner that will, <laughs> that will be willing to make sure that that reporter or those media members are nowhere to be found wow what's your trash Kendall? Um,
1: trash this week Uh, well, I said flames was, uh, women's college basketball trash this week. EJ is going to be the MLB hot stove, or should I say the MLB cold stove? Because, you know, we, we were promised a lot of big moves that were going to be made this all season. A lot of big names on the market. Uh, I look at my watch, um, it is, uh, Wednesday or I guess, I mean, not Wednesday, Thursday, now it's Friday technically, but it is uh Thursday, February seventh. there are no I I mean, if I, if I I mean you can correct me if I'm wrong I don't know if there have been any I mean there have been some, some solid moves that have been made. You know, Philly just got uh JT Remuto from uh uh Miami. It was a nice little move they made. But what 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 moves have been made of note? Um compared to we were promised Bryce Arbor was gonna be on a team by now. And Manny Machado, another guy on the market. Yeah. These guys are still on the market. And I mean, it's boring at this point.
0: Well, Kendo, this to me is a problem baseball has in its lack of value for star players. It not only to me is reflected through marketing for the league. I think it's now being reflected in actual team transactions and team operations. Uh, people kind of went crazy when Bill James made that statement about no players indispensable, <laughs> no players in, in, uh, indispensable, and the league really went crazy. But I mean, we have two, no question, blue chip. Superstars on the market who are young, entering the prime of their career. Nobody wants to give out the money to give these guys. And if you don't value the star players of your league, your league is dead. It's bottom line. And baseball has—they're gonna have a real baseball and the players' association are gonna have to have a real, I think, sit down about what is the future of this league. Because this isn't the first time this has happened, I feel like in recent history there have been these long, these prolonged free agencies for these guys that should be easy one and easy one and done, snap of a finger, this guy gets signed somewhere. Everybody should. This doesn't watching. happen in the NBA. It Does not happen. Doesn't
1: happen in the NFL, any sport, from the best player in the league or a top five, top ten player in the league is a free agent. They have twenty teams on their doorstep offering them deals. And they're not a free agent after a week. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper shouldn't be a free agent for two months.
0: Last year, J.D. Martinez was on the free agent market. He also didn't sign until February. The guy just won a World Series. But it took yeah. him until February to get a deal done. Like, this is becoming a pattern where these star players who aren't star players, guys worth... Hundred, if not hundreds of millions of dollars and this game of chicken i do think hurts interest because i think that not having uh baseball be the conversation uh in in like january where football season is ending and you're getting ready for the playoffs basketball season is not really in a situation and and leading this all the way up until spring training where Now we're in the heat of basketball season, the heat of college basketball. These moves, whenever these guys sign, it's going to get lost in the shuffle. It's going to get lost in the shuffle because the baseball season ended so long ago. And we're still not so close to the season to where we can really start anticipating and getting excited for what's going to come. I mean, this is bad. And you're right to make this hot so trash because I talked about it. I, I made it flames in the beginning because I thought there were some nice moves happening, some under-radar moves that I thought was going to gear up to some major stuff. And we've seen nothing. It's, it's been yeah, nothing. And not even, like, it's getting to the point
1: where Bryce Harper, like, obviously, look, the money's the money hasn't dried up. These teams are just colluding against, like, paying guys ridiculous salaries if yeah. they don't get the numbers down. Which I think eventually will lead to either the only way to fix that is either you institute a salary cap or a max contract or both. And because this doesn't happen, that's the reason it doesn't happen in the NBA. Um, yeah. Because if we didn't have a, a, mal- a max contract or a salary cap in the NBA, there would be no incentive for someone like the like LeBron or Durant to sign immediately. You know, like. They'd be like, well, there's no cap. Teams, give the he want to save their money, I'm going to wait until I get the number I want. But if the max is the max, they're not. there's no point in waiting. Um, but it's gotten to the point now where Harper, I mean, teams like the Giants, who said, like, a week into free agency, yeah, we don't think Harper, they didn't say that, but they alluded to the fact that they don't think Harper fits their their situation. Are now saying one they've met with Harper this week, and two are saying publicly, yeah, some things uh, in the market have changed, some things have evolved in a way which we don't think has we didn't think would happen, and so now we're going to reevaluate all all options because now they realize, well, there, I mean, we didn't think this guy would still be in the market in February, you know, teams don't want to offer him a deal, so like we might be able to get this guy on the cheap you know, the relative cheap of like, we may not have to give him a ten year deal. Now there's now I'm saying he's he may take a two or three year contract. And we got the the Chicago White Sox and like I said, the San Francisco Giants and the Phillies and the like the, the Angels. Like we're not talking for a guy like Bryce Harper, in two thousand and nine, we'd be talking about the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubs, um, Mets. Yep. We're not talking about the the Giants and the Phillies and the uh, the the White Sox, Are you, the yeah, White Sox. The White Sox, come on, man. For Bryce Harper, we're we talking about. There was a, an agent went on the the Michael K show, and said that if he were a prominent agent, well, even going to Michael K show, he told Michael K who said on the Michael K show that if he were Bryce Harper, not Bryce Harper, Manny Machado's agent, he would tell him to sign in Japan because there is a. A team in Japan that apparently had a new owner that would be willing to pay him $50 million for one year. <laughs> crazy. So he said, I would tell him, go sign in Japan for a year. That would be catastrophic. Yeah. Not catastrophic, but that would be a huge loss for Major League Baseball. I, I
0: I don't know. I would lean towards catastrophic. A star player of that caliber going to play in Japan. If it were Harper, I would say it was catastrophic. Um, and, Machado uh, and, um, was maybe a notch, a tier below. But both of these guys are, are American, Kendall they were they grew up in America both of them and the american right. stars going to play in japan Man, that's that would be that i think that would be crushing and it, in terms of where base where Major League baseball stands on especially the, on the especially on actually because when of you compare compared to the nba and nfl i mean imagine if anthony davis when he becomes a free agent decided, no i'm going to play in china like we be like, yo, what the hell? The NBA is in bad shape, man. <laughs> <laughs> and they just decided to take money and go to China, like, that would be insane. And that, that would be that equivalent. And and then, oh, man. I'm telling you, I, I think that one of these, I'm a bold prediction, Kendall. One of these guys is going to sign a one-year deal. <laughs> one of yeah, these guys. A boogie, a boogie bomb. They're going to buy a Harper bomb. I'm telling you, one of these guys is going to sign a one-year deal, and we're going to be like, it's going to be a team that no one expects. Right. but the money's going to be so much it's going to be like the Japan thing someone's going to give them just a lot of money for just one year and they'll be like yo we'll just try again next year but uh, it's it's crazy that these two guys this caliber still on the market at this point baseball's got to figure out something uh, with these top notch free agents but that's a good place to wrap the show guys it's supposed to be an abbreviated show uh, that did not happen uh, but I hope you guys did enjoy the Generation Sports Talk podcast. We'll be back next week with more sports talk. You'll find our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and the TuneIn. Uh, you can also uh, find our YouTube channel on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at New Generation Pod. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart. Underscore Stewart. And on Instagram at Action EJ again that does it for now we'll be back next week for kendall i'm ej peace